I did. I did the NyQuil thing last night, and um, it was it was magical. And I also did. I was telling you guys this. I did you do it because you were already starting to feel sick, or, yeah, was, or was this it, was a preemptive strike? Okay, this is a preemptive. Strike. This is a preemptive okay. strike. Um, I'm probably going to do it again tonight. Okay. The um, but I really I I I, I took the night call about nine thirty. Uh huh. And go to go to sleep, and I woke up and I realized I don't know who won the Cowboys game. Yeah. And. That's always been a dream of mine is to try to figure out how long I can go without finding out who wins a major sporting event. Right. This is a quest that we've documented a lot on this That, show. like, how long could you go without finding out who won the Super Bowl? Yeah. Shahan, I'm going to need you to scoot over to your left a little bit. Um, Shahan, let me ask you. Shahan J. Raja, our college football insider, joins us. Yeah. Um, how long do you think you could go without finding out who won the Super Bowl? Oh, boy. I'm I'm too big on Twitter. Do you think you could go now? You would have to like try, like right. you'd have to avoid it. Do you think you could go three days? Like so, do Super I get Bowl to, Sunday? Could you go until you went to bed on Wednesday? So like, I could get to plan ahead. And you do okay. Do I have to come to work? You have to live. You, you have to do all the things that are normally associated okay, then with no, your absolutely life. not. There's absolutely no way. I don't think I can make it 24 hours. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I ended up like I. I thought about it because I was like, oh, man, I don't know who won the Cowboy game. I don't care. Uh, but it was um, – I, I picked up my phone, and I had an alert on my phone. I was like, dang it. <laughs> it <was> like, <laughs> that's, that's one of the things I think would kill me. I'd have to actively be like – I have to turn off all of my notifications yes. and all of that. You have to turn off all your notifications. You'd have to tell your friends, like, don't text me mm-hmm. yeah. or anything like that. And then, inevitably, you'd have one jerk friend. Yeah. Because we all have one jerk friend. Oh, for or sure. Or your brother or something. No, yeah. I, I just think that I'd tell you guys, hey, don't tell me, and then somebody would forget I'd be like, can oh, you believe the yeah. Patriots did that thing in their yeah. Super Bowl win last night? Right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I think I, 24 hours is yeah. Paul uh, Paul Roberts, whose football opinions we can trust, uh, says he uh, he had that bug. Whatever thing you think you have, he's like, ah, it's a 48-hour thing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not bad. It's just annoying. We'll see if uh, we can trust his medical opinions. Yeah, we'll see. If, <laughs> yeah. I, um, like I said, it's just like sore throat, kind of stuffy. It's a cold. Whatever. Yeah. It's yeah. fine. I'll be okay. Don't don't cry for me, Argentina. That time of year. Yeah, it is that time of year. Anthony Hill's giving us crap for too much office talk. This is the pre-show. Come on, Anthony. Yeah, man. <laughs> Get with the program. As soon as we start the theme, if you want to complain at us, still no. That's but. true. That's true. You have a little bit more ground to stand on. Yes, but, a little bit, but still not. But it's you, still our show. But yeah. but you're like one of my number one fans, so I can't be too hard on you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Listen to this. Well, I don't have 800 fans mobbing me all the time like you, Ma- Tepper. He's got, got Max hats. I'm, I'm Greg Tepper. <laughs> I'm on show, TV. They're up with the state championship game for, like, like the, the cheese heads, except it's like Max's oh That's God. not a thing that happens. Hair. Wow. But you know who does get a, their picture taken with a bunch of people? The dude running around with his hair slicked back in a suit. That's not true. That is true. That's never happened. Uh-huh. 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 I think you've told us multiple times. So, so we're just we're drawing that line in the sand right now. You are. I'm just going to have to start calling you Television's Greg Tepper for the next few weeks, just to be an ass. Huh? I mean, wh- wh- I don't have, know why you don't do it anyway. Yeah, when have you ever like? I, a, hey, what, name one time you've ever taken the high road. The fact that I haven't been calling you Television's Greg Tepper for like six months—that's <laughs> the high road. That's as much of a high road as I'll ever take. That's true. Work on that counterpoint. I know it's tough. Yeah, but what I will say <laughs> is that you could. It could be worse. You could call me Emmy Award-winning television personality, Greg Tepper. 
and that'll be worse, right? Oh, Anthony is clarifying. I was wrong. He said there's too much office talk to avoid finding out a score. Oh, yeah. That's oh, fair. Because it's not oh, like he makes – this is an excellent point. That's a 100% true. No matter where you work, no matter what your job is, there's no way you're letting all your coworkers know Bro. that you're trying to avoid it's a score. It's impossible. And, and, and I get texts from people in this office that I've muted myself out of for weeks, and they still show up. And to your point, even if you do, yeah. the idea of every – even in a small office like this, the idea – like if you send an email yeah. on yeah. Friday before you went off to – before you would be like, hey, by the way, I'm, I'm People forget, to. by the way, it's yeah, – Oh, no, yeah. It's, it's 48 hours, 72 hours. They're not remembering. No, no they're no, not. No, no. Like there's yeah. – it's just – it's not – I don't know. It's, well, it's, it's not I, I think that for me, I trust that I could – uh, counts on you not to say something, right. on him not to say yeah. something, and on Ish not to say something. But then, like so Adam would come over and be like, "Guys, you see that game yesterday?" Yeah, right. yeah <laughs> our boss or our our director of sales. It's yeah. an excellent point. Any of those guys would yeah. do it. Yeah. It, it. Just you wait. It'll, it'll be Kendall being out like, "Man, that game yesterday." Yeah, the last person you expect. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sweet right. Kendall, who doesn't care about any of anything. us or anything, anything, would be like, "Hey, do you guys see that awesome game?" Yesterday? Yeah. <laughs> Hit the theme expo. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk. Bill by nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show that has an I Voted sticker. My name is Greg Tepper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there, making us sound good today, celebrating his 157th birthday today. He finally got the idea of cutting the bottom of that peach, uh, peach basket out. So he didn't have to get up there and fetch the ball every time. Happy birthday to Dr. James Naismith. Nah, I'm kind of whatever on this one. I mean, it's, you know. Eh, I'm not. Who, who, who do you think was the guy who decided, like, hey, guys, what if we just put a basket on the wall? Cut out the bottom. But my favorite part about it was that they started by making a small hole in it so they could poke it out with a stick. Yeah, like, why <laughs> would you the go? <laughs> they didn't realize. You what could if just let it go rest? through. Right. That's amazing. <laughs> Is that true? That's true. Wow. That's absolutely true. Guys, humans were a lot dumber. <laughs> we have gotten we've gotten smarter with every generation. I'm I'm comfortable saying that. I, I my favorite story is there's exactly one coach in the history of the University of Kansas that has a losing record as a basketball coach. It's James Naismith. It's James Naismith. Yeah. yeah. The what, guy who invented basketball. What a spare. That's the, uh, that's Shehan J. Rajo, Dr. J. Shehan J. Rajo. <laughs> Our college football insider, he's going to join us here in the back half of the show. Today is Tuesday, November 6, 2018. It seems like he's already joined us. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to – can you let me get through my rundown, and then I'll explain to him why he's going to have a prominent role in the second half of the show? He's already had a prominent role in the first half of the show. A more prominent in role pre-show. in the second half of the show? And in the pre-show. Yeah. This is a good point. Today is Tuesday, Shahan, November – how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Maybe you and I should just have a show today. <laughs> go ahead, Greg. Yeah, go ahead, Greg. Whenever you're ready, but we're just going to be over here chatting away. Today is Tuesday, November 6, 2018, Election Day. 16 days until Thanksgiving, episode 656. 656, Andres Blancos, OPS in his illustrious Texas Rangers career. 104 games from 2010-2011. That is a two-time AL champion. On today's show, guys, we're going to announce the iCoach Inspirational Coaches of the Week and the Dairy Max Built by Nature, or Built by Chocolate Milk, rather, Assisting Coaches of the Week. You'll get it eventually. Yeah, I know. They changed my copy point like midway through the season. 
And then we will run through our college football power poll with our college football insider, Shehan Jayaraja, coming up here back half of the show. Who you already introduced and has been around for a while now. He's just going to sit here quietly, though, unless oh. he wants to do the um, I Coach Inspirational Coach of the Week. He's got takes. <laughs> That's okay. Dave Campbell's Texas Football, in partnership with iCoach, is proud to honor one head football coach in each classification with the Inspirational Coach of the Week Award. Each coach recognized with this special honor typifies discipline, character, and integrity while passing those values along to their athletes to help them be successful both on and off the field. The Week 10 iCoach Inspirational Coaches of the Week. In 6A, Jeff Hume from Hewitt Midway. The Panthers embraced the underdog role and went into one of the state's most hostile environments to come away with a massive 31-28 win over state-ranked and previously unbeaten Temple. In 5A, Bill Poe from Justin Northwest. The Texans rolled past Fort Worth Carter Riverside with an emphatic 71-0 victory, clinching its first district championship since 1962. In 4A, Shea Hendricks from Bernie. In his first season at the helm of the Greyhounds, Hendricks guided the squad to a thrilling 46-45 win over previously unbeaten Lavernia, scoring the game's final 15 points to take charge of the district 15-4A Division I race. In 3A, John Fish from Bottom. The Warriors moved to 8-1 and 5-0 and in district with a 63-27 thrashing of Commerce, scoring 60 or more points for the third time in Fish's first season. In 2A, we had him on the show yesterday, Josh Moore from Cushing. The Bearcats rallied for a 35-26 win over Union Grove, improving to 6-2 and on the year and clinching its first playoff berth since 1997. And in 1A, Andy Copley from Follett. Facing state-ranked groom first-year coach Copley guided his Panthers to a resounding 84-56 win, surging to the top of District 1-1A Division 2. So those are your Week 10 iCoach Inspirational Coaches of the Week. In 6A, Jeff Hulm from Hewitt Midway. In 5A, Bill Poe from Justin Northwest. In 4A, Shea Hendricks from Bernie. In 3A, John Fish from Bonham. In 2A, Josh Moore from Cushing. And in 1A, Andy Copley from Follett. Congratulations to all the schools, and thank you. All the coaches, brother. And thank you for all you do for your players, schools, and communities. Derry Max and Dave Campbell's Texas Football are proud to team up this year to honor excellence in coaching and the hard work that assistant coaches put in on behalf of their teams. Each week, the Texas football staff nominates four deserving assistant coaches across the state for the Derry Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week. And we let fans decide via Twitter poll. It all leads up to the Derry Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Year decided at season's end. The Week 10 Dairy Max, built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees. Sudan Defensive Coordinator Eric Edwards. The Hornets swarmed Plains in a 54-13 win, holding the Cowboys to 152 total yards and picking off a pair of passes to move to 9-0 on the year. Austin High Defensive Coordinator Bernard Riley. The Maroons saved their best for last, dominating Austin Akins for a 42-0 victory, just their second shutout in the last three seasons. Baytown Lee Offensive Coordinator Dwayne Nunez in a wild shootout. The Ganders offense did more than enough, exploding for 663 yards of total offense, including 513 passing yards from quarterback Egina Egina, uh, Woolley. Is that right? I'm leaving this. Egina. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Woolley in a 62-61 thriller over Vider. And Van Alstine defensive coordinator J.C. Guerrero. The Panthers' defense was nearly perfect on Friday night, suffocating Howe for their second shutout of district play with a 60 to nothing victory. So those are your Week 10 Dairy Max, built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees, Sudan defensive coordinator Eric Andrews, Eric Edwards, rather, 
Um, Austin Hyde, defensive coordinator, Bernard Riley. Baytown Lee, offensive coordinator, Dwayne Nunez. And Van Alstine, defensive coordinator, J.C. Guerrero. Vote now at twitter.com slash DCTF. Woo! We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. And now for the first time in this show, let's bring in our college football insider. <clears throat> oh, God. It's, it's, all, it's already it's off the rails. Uh, bring into our college football insider, Shehan J. Raja. Shehan joins us. Hello, sir. Hey. Can you now, like, reveal to people what we were being so coy about last week? Yes. I'm engaged. See? Hey! <laughs> See, I did not know that it was still, like, a... <laughs> secret? Not, not a secret. We, we wanted a little bit of time to be able to tell people. And, right. Uh, and then I threw you on the, on the spot last <laughs> yeah, Monday. Yeah, and I was like, ooh. Be like, uh, ooh. Uh, nothing. I had a great meal this Sunday. <laughs> um, and and yes. hey, hey, I, I do need to mention... Uh, my my girlfriend Bargavi or fiance fiance Bargavi. Yeah, I gotta get that. That'll take you a minute. She, whenever I jump on the show, at least is now a listener. Oh, oh, wait. Boy. So she's in it for you? <laughs> what is she? Yeah, think, yeah who, she who, is. who does she like more, Mir Max? <laughs> uh, I've probably. There's mm, no good answer. I, I, don't answer. I don't know if she could. Why speak tell for her? Who. Yeah, I don't. Oh, we all why, look. Why? Why look? It sound alike. It's true. <laughs> They're all the same. Hey now. Hey now. Well, I'm just saying, sports writers. What are you talking about? Well, that is true. Shahan J. Raj, our college football insider, joins us for the Power Poll. Please rank, don't leave me. Ranking the 12 FBS teams in the Lone Star State. Uh, I'm glad you had to do this and not me. Oh, uh, God. This, uh, this, this sure seems like a lot of fun. It was a... It was actually a great week for the bottom of the power yeah, pole for yeah, the most it was. part. It was. And it was a terrible week for right. the top of the power pole. Right. So let's start with number 12. A new number 12. Oh, boy. Yeah. It is? Rice. Rice. And oh, no. To give credit to Rice, they've lost a lot of players on offense over the course of the season. Mm-hmm. So this isn't like fully formed Rice necessarily, but oh, boy. Hey. The last couple of weeks, they've looked really, yeah. really bad. Yeah, I mean, they got. Uh, I would say that Rice got fried by UTEP, yeah. and they've got to be pretty steamed about that. Really? Oh, my God. Oh, God. <sighs> yeah. Oh, it, my God. Y- you know, the, the big issue, right, is that they keep losing offensive players, and their defense is not getting any better. And, uh, again, so they allow 27 points in the first half against UTEP, and basically they're just able to run out the clock. And yeah. credit to them for fighting and making it closer at the end, but... At the same time, I mean, you can't give up a 27-0 run to start the game. I mean, yeah, Rice at the beginning of that game, they just got rolled. Yeah. So it was I pretty just, you know. Pretty bad. Yeah. I'm going to turn your mic off. <laughs> Shahan, what's next? <laughs> number, number 11. <laughs> UTSA. I'm sorry, were you talking? I know. What? 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 Yeah, Any. Anyway, anyway, so uh, so here's the stat um, that it is every week for UTSA. Uh, they averaged only 3.6 yards per play in this game. So they're on track to become the first team since 2014 to average fewer than four yards per play on the season. It's real bad out there. And again, so the result was 52-3 to against UAB. So not only that, so their defense has been okay to start the year. Yeah, it was not good in this one. They gave up 9.5 yards per play. So think about this: three point six yards per play to nine point five yards per play. Now, in to slightly take their defense, UAB's pretty good. They're, UAB's but, probably like 
perhaps really good. Here's the thing. They're really good on defense. Yes. And they're quite good on offense. But not amazing. Not, not amazing 52 on points offense. Right. Not 52 they points. hadn't scored 52 points on anybody other than Savannah State this year. Um, I would just say, um, yeah, unfortunately, I mean, I love Frank Wilson, but those are the kind of games that get you fired. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, now look, it doesn't get a whole lot easier. No. They get FIU this week. This is not a great FIU team, but they're going to be favored. They're a lot better than UTSA. And then they're at Marshall. Marshall's pretty good. Yeah. And they finish at home against North Texas, who mm. we know is... Yeah. It, it can light you up. So right. Right. Uh, it is It is not not good times right now. Um, I would say that, you know, they're almost certainly going to finish 3-9. and nine. It yeah. would take an upset for them not to finish 3-9, and nine, which would be very bad. Offensive S&P Plus has them 129th in offense. Who's 130? That's a good question. Maybe, isn't Connecticut terrible? Worse than, I, I if no, there's Connecticut's a team terrible America, defensively. If there's a team worse at offense in America than UTSA, I do not want to see them. Yeah, um, it's not great. Okay, so that is UTSA number uh, 11. Amazingly, number 10 in the power poll, UTEP. All it takes, guys, is one win, and UTEP. you're out of the cellar, and you're up to 10th. <laughs> up to 10th. Yeah, UTEP, again, like we mentioned, gets off to a 27-0 start uh, to begin this game, of course. Um, and and really are just able to kind of coast from there on out, mm-hmm. right? You know, it ends up being a 34-26 uh, final. And granted, it wasn't terribly encouraging that that they gave up, you know, 23 straight points um, to finish the game. But at the same time, again, they made stops down at the end of the game. They forced an interception. They forced a turnover. They forced a, you know, a, a punt. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, they made plays down the stretch that ultimately helped them win this football game. Um, but, yeah, I mean... I, Again, we've been saying that they're moving towards this. They have a good chance of, you know, they were keeping games close, mm-hmm. and now they played against a team that's probably about as good, if not a little bit worse than them in Rice, and they showed it. They, they showed that they were better. They were trending. They were, before this game, they were trending yes. in a positive direction. Yes. They finally have a result to show for, it seems like. You know, and, and <laughs> one of the stats you have to think about, too, you know, again, UTSA, like we mentioned, they lose 52-3 to to UAB. A week ago, you know, UTEP lost 19-0, to mm-hmm. and that's not great, but, like, that sounds a whole lot better than yeah. you know fifty-two to three. So they really have been trending in the right direction. They had a chance to win several games earlier in the year. UNT being among them, Louisiana Tech, uh, and, and these are games against good teams mm-hmm. too. So now again, playing a team that's kind of a little bit more at your level—that's encouraging. Number eight in the power poll. Nine. Nine in the power poll is Texas State. Two in a row. Two in, two in a row. row. Their first two-game winning streak since 2015. Yes, first of the Everett Withers era. How about that? Yeah. Good for them. Uh, nobody's ever going to tell you, try to tell you that uh, New Mexico State and Georgia State are great squads. No. But wins are wins. And they've, pl- I mean, they've arguably played worse teams and lost to them, like yeah. South Alabama, UTSA, Rutgers. Yeah. Um, but they came out with a win. Yeah. And that's, that's the key, right? If you play against these teams that are pretty terrible in Georgia State and, and New Mexico State, you got to win them. Yeah. And you have to look fairly dominant in doing so. And in both these last two games, you know, the, the scores weren't necessarily super dominant, but I think the performances were. As the person who watched the the Texas State game this last weekend, they dominated that game. The, yeah, uh, yeah they, the, they, the score was not The score is extremely misleading. They, Georgia State scored as time expired and scored another one like a minute and a half before that. Like, it was not close. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. led for 23 most of the second half. Right, yeah. right. And, and, and that's a good sign, I would think, yeah. right? Because yeah. you're not UTSA, right, or UTEP scraping away to get those wins. Right. These are bad teams, and they're beating them well. Yeah. Right, right. And... Again, and, and it does need to be mentioned, I mean, not that Turner Field is a huge home field advantage, but, you know, they were playing on the road against Georgia State. Yep. Yep. And, and, you know, ESPN's FBI had them as underdogs in mm-hmm. that game. So, uh, 
being able to go and do that, I think that's really encouraging. Give him another year. Yeah, I do agree. it. I agree. <laughs> number nine in the power poll now. Eight. I'm a lot. I don't. I didn't number them, so that's the problem. <laughs> number like, eight. Eight. Eight in the power poll is TCU. Yeah. Um, well, here's the good news. They Let's won. be positive. They won. They won. They won. They maybe shouldn't have, but did. So the final score was fourteen to thirteen. Uh, on top of that, they played against a team that cannot expose their secondary because Kansas State does not pass the ball hardly at all. Uh, and the ultimate decider was a mix, missed extra point. So that was the game. Woo! It was ugly. Um, it was, you know, I thought the defense, look, this goes without saying, but the defense played pretty well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kansas State's not the kind of team that is, is well-suited to expose the TCU defense. Right, right. And, and, and TCU... Their defensive line is still excellent. Yes. Uh, and and they have guys at linebacker. Again, they've been playing a lot of those guys in the secondary to try to shore things up. But if they can just kind of go front seven against you guys, they're going to play pretty well. It's really in the back end where, they, where they've had a lot of issues. Um, and Kansas State wasn't able to take advantage. Well, and by the way, that's a critical, critical win for them. Yes. Uh, because yes. if they want to go bowling, I mean, they're at four and, t- for four and five right now. They yeah. Two more wins. They have, they're at West Virginia this week. You've got to think that's a uh, loss. That's a loss. <laughs> uh, they finished the year against Oklahoma State. Yeah. Um, and then it's uh, – and they've got Baylor. So they ba- you basically got to beat Baylor and Oklahoma State. You have to. Um, this gives you a chance because otherwise you're going to have to run the table. And I just do not – I do not foresee no, no, a way no, no, in no, which no. They, they run the table against West Virginia, Baylor, and Oklahoma State. No, 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 no. I, it's hard to see that. And, I mean, again, it, even – it's a little hard right now to see, too, if they don't get healthier on the back end, especially. Yeah. And, uh, again, they just don't have somebody right now that's been able to replace Kevontae Turpin's explosiveness on offense, and it just changes the way they play offense. Number seven in the power poll. Baylor. The Baylor Bears. Um, uh, it was not always pretty. No. Uh, they ended up going to apparently not concussed. Uh, Charlie Brewer late in the game, he guides them to a come yep. from behind win. Denzel Mims makes a great touchdown catch in the in the, in the end zone. Um, I don't think they were the better team, but no, they got the no, win. They were not. They, they were not. But they got the win, and that's they all that did. matters. And you know, that's what good teams have to do. And not that Baylor's a good team right now, but good teams have to go out there, and even when they don't play their best, they still have to win games. Mm-hmm. And I thought they did a lot of encouraging things. Obviously, they had a great special teams play. You know, a blocked punt return for a touchdown. Um, John Lovett finally had a breakaway mm-hmm. play, 75-yard touchdown. Um, and, you know, they showed some things that I think we didn't expect them to show in terms of playing pretty well defensively, all things considered. Uh, obviously, again, having a couple of explosive plays, which is something that they've struggled with all season mm-hmm. long. Um, and, and again, once Charlie Brewer came into the game, because he came in sort of in the fourth quarter or late in the third quarter, I can't remember exactly. Uh, when he came in the game, the offense just looked different. And, mm-hmm. and again, like Jalen McClendon's a good quarterback. There's nothing wrong with Jalen McClendon, but he's just not a good fit for what they're trying to do right now. Yeah, I, uh, I think you're right. And they, um, but they got the win, and again, critical win. Yeah. Because uh, five and four now, you need one yeah. more win. Yeah. You you presume you're an underdog at Iowa State. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're probably you got to consider consider Baylor an underdog against Tech at the, uh, AT&T yes. Stadium, yes. and that leaves TCU at home. Yeah. So I mean, really. Yeah. That's going to end up being kind of a bowl elimination game. You know what's funny is, uh, <laughs> obviously, a couple years ago, the rivalry, as they called it, you know, was this huge nationally relevant game. Now, if Baylor wins against TCU, they can knock TCU out of a bowl game, most likely, and they can make a bowl game. Yeah. So, uh, there are stakes. Not the kind of stakes that we thought, but I think it would be pretty funny nonetheless. Number 
Six in the power pole. The top half. SMU. SMU. I know. Yeah, he had to double check that. You just couldn't believe it, like right? The, I know. The ponies? <laughs> yeah, right. Really? Well, I was like, wait, we're at six, right? So, yeah. so here's the thing. <laughs> yeah. They go out there yeah. against Houston yeah. and play unquestionably their ba- their best game of the year. Yeah. They yeah. were terrific in this game. Yeah. And it is not like uh, this is the kind of thing where 45-31, this isn't there, – there are some games where it's like yes. it's 14 points and you go, oh, well, maybe it was really close all no. along and stuff like that. It was 31-14 S- at the half. SMU was decidedly yeah. the better team yeah. on, on Saturday. Yeah. Are they better than Houston overall? We could certainly have that conversation. I don't think so. But – on on Saturday, they took the boots yeah. to Houston. It was really impressive. Well, and, and I think that the thing that I also want to just talk about with SMU is that sure they're four and five right now, right? Uh, but really, the thing that kind of hamstrung them was that beginning of the year. So they get killed by UNC, and everybody kind of just writes a story about them, and that's fair. But mm-hmm. uh, but then week two, they played TCU, and TCU was playing really well at that point. They weren't they were healthy at that point. That was a big deal. They play Michigan on the road. Okay, whatever. And since then, I mean, their two losses are a big loss to UCF. Okay, UCF's really good. And uh, a loss against Cincinnati in overtime. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the losses. Right. And and other than that, you know, they beat Tulane. They beat Houston. They beat Houston Baptist. They beat Navy. And, I mean, there's not – other than Houston, there's not, like, some great win on their schedule. But they're winning the games that they're, they're kind of supposed to be. They're winning the games. And here's the thing, guys. They play. They go to stores to play Connecticut this week. Yep. Connecticut's the worst team in the country. Yep. Like they, I mean that not in a hyper, hyperbolic way. They're yeah. they're worse than Rice. Yeah. Um, they're the worst team in the country. They're probably going to lose to Memphis. You got to assume they're. Mm-hmm. This isn't an amazing Memphis team, but they're probably better than SMU. Right. 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 At Tulsa, that's a that's a bowl that's up for a bowl. You yeah. know, like yeah. they they have four wins right now. They need two of their the last three. Yeah. It's certainly within reach. I mean, we were talking earlier in the season, especially after sort of the embarrassment that they put up in their first two games, that this team could maybe win two games only. Yeah. You know, and, and now all of a sudden they've come back and they've been able to pull things together. And even if they don't make a bowl, even if they only get to five, like that's still, again, you know, I, I think From that... where they were, it's amazing. Well, and the big issue too is you play such a tough non-conference. You set yourself up 0-3 because UNT is really good. And then obviously you play TC, you play Michigan. Those are two nationally ranked mm-hmm. teams at that point. You're setting yourself up for an 0 and 3 start. You're you're giving yourself three games that that are just losses, right? Mm-hmm. And and so if you play nobody, nobody, and nobody, you know, all of a sudden, okay, well then it's eight. You know, yeah. you have to think through that sort of stuff when you're trying to evaluate Sonny Dykes. And so um, I think he's done a really good job of not losing the locker room, of keeping things together. And again, I mean, Houston's a really good football team, and on both sides too. It wasn't just an offensive explosion. On defense, they played really well against Derek King too. So. It was an impressive performance, and I'm kind of curious to see what we see from them from here on out. Number five in the power poll. North Texas. Did not play by week and going to be favored in their final three games. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I there's no reason that North Texas couldn't be considered one of the best in the state, but they just haven't been playing very well right now. Yeah. And um, they got to go and beat the teams that they're supposed they to beat. They should go and they should beat up on teams they should, yeah. is what they should do. Yeah. Number four in the power poll. Texas A&M. And disappointing loss. Very disappointing very loss. Disappointing. You know... So they were up 24-14 in the fourth quarter. Uh, they have several drives. Just They basically have to get a couple of first downs, and the game is over, and mm-hmm. they can't do it. And Kellen Mond played one of the worst games that he's played this season. Not of his career. He had some bad games last year, yeah. of course. But but definitely his worst game of the season so far. Uh, you know, Trevion Williams had a good game, but it's just, again, you, you know, Texas A&M, it just feels so much like a Sutherland team. <laughs> 
they are they're they're not bad at anything. No, but they're not. But they don't excel at anything. No, either. Like no. basically, their defense is good. Yeah, but like they're pretty bad on the back half. Is the yeah, issue. the secondary's bad. Yeah. Um. And to me, now you look at. By the way, so they're sitting five and four. Yeah. Um. They're sitting five and four. Let me make sure I get this right. Uh, I want you to think about this. They have the exact same record as Baylor. Yeah. The exact same record. Yeah. Five and four, three and three in conference. Now, obviously, different different schedules, but yes. five and four, three and three in, in conference. Um, you got to win one more to get bowl eligible. All right. Yeah. Um, Ole Miss is probably the worst team, honestly, left on their schedule. Yeah. They get Ole Miss, UAB, and LSU at home. And UAB, I'm, I'm going to start banging the drum now. Right. This is a good UAB team. Yeah. This is a an absolutely capable UAB team. They're eight and one right now, right? Yeah. They're really good. Oof. They they lost sort of an early season game to Coastal Carolina, and they got everything together, and they've killed everybody from here on out. So if you are a And M, this is the game you've got to go and get this week against Ole Miss. And and here's the issue, right? Is that you know when they lost against Mississippi State, right? It, it was that Nick Fitzgerald all of a sudden managed to torch that secondary, and now they're playing against the best wide receiver quarter they've probably played all year long. And, you know, I don't think that Jordan Tayama is, like, an incredible quarterback, but he's one of the most productive in the whole country. Ask Texas Tech. Yeah. And so they, I, I think that this is a game that they need to make sure not overlook because, again, yeah. like you mentioned, <laughs> they could quickly fall out of a bowl game if they lose this game. Absolutely. So that is number four on the power pole. Number three on the power pole. Texas Tech. Um, you know... You wonder what that game looks like yeah. if Alan Bowman doesn't get hurt, if Dakota Allen doesn't yeah. get hurt, if yeah. a number of their key weapons, key players don't get hurt. Yeah. Uh, that's not to make excuses. I think Oklahoma was the better team yeah. on Saturday yeah, night yeah, in Lubbock. But um, they gave him a fight, and it, it, just, it just seemed like uh, the injuries mounted up and the mistakes mounted up. Yeah, and, you know, they're just such a different team when Alan Bowman's not in the game. You know, he's just so good at getting the ball to his receivers in the right spot, throwing it to the right place, and... And, you know, I mean, Jet Duffy's an electric player, but sometimes he's electric for the other team, too. Yeah. You know, sometimes he just makes these critical mistakes because he, think he, he thinks he can beat everybody with his athleticism. Um, you know, so, yeah, it, it does. Like, and their defense looks so different when Dakota Allen's not in the game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's already got a broken hand that he's playing through. And then he's also got, of course, uh, some knee issues, too. So if he can't go the last couple weeks of the year, that's disappointing because... You know, you look back at this, and if they're healthy the whole year, and if Alan Bowman's kind of the guy right from the start, I mean, this should have been like a nine-win season. And I think the big thing that we have to not take for granted is they're going to make a bowl game no problem. They're probably going to win seven no problem. And that's a huge step over previous years. Yeah. But, you know, there is a certain level of, ah, uh, what could have been this year? Yeah, absolutely. That's that's kind of where I'm at. It's like, it, it's going to end up being a good year, but you yeah. start feeling like, man, you are so close to having a great year. Yeah, so close. Uh, number two in the power pole. Uh, we still got Houston up there. Um, I mean, <laughs> that's that's the worst game they've played under Major Applewhite. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. and it was it was it was a disaster and it's time to start talking about the Houston defense as like a legit liability. Yeah. Because I know they've got the best player in the country and I still firmly believe that Ed Oliver is the best player in the country. But everything else around him is 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 letting down the defense. Yeah. Well, and it's just hard for me to evaluate Houston too because I don't think USF's really that great a team. You know, I think they're an okay team. Uh, and they go out there and they dominate them, and they've dominated everybody else on their schedule. But uh, I, I don't know; it's just hard to figure out what exactly they are because, again, when they take the fields, they have the best offensive player on the field and they have the best defensive mm-hmm. player on the fields against basically everybody that they play. Um, and 
you know, a week ago, SMU was able to take away Derek King from this game. And obviously they're missing at Oliver uh, due to some knee injuries. But again, what are they? I, yeah. I don't exactly know what they are. They're still probably going to make the conference title game. That's the thing. This doesn't yeah. really hurt their chances right. of making the AAC title game. They're right. still going to be favored because they've got basically still a game in hand against Memphis. So yeah. even if they lose, yeah. if, they, if they beat... To, if they beat Temple this week, not yeah. a guarantee, but if no, they beat no, Temple, no, no, no. they beat Tulane, they should beat Tulane. Yeah. They go into that Memphis game with everything clinched, and they yeah. shouldn't need it. But then, right. you know, but, but you know, it's just it's disappointing because the passing defense is really letting them down. Yeah. And, and this was a team we thought could be elite, and instead they're just like, they're good. Yeah, and, and the issue is, too, you know, I mean, you can feel good about the fact that, obviously, it's not a very old team. You know, you bring a decent amount back, but you do lose that Oliver, mm-hmm. you know, and... And so this was kind of the year where you're like, oh, my gosh, they're the best defense player in the whole country. And the thing that people don't recognize enough about Houston is that Houston's usually the best defense in the state other than TCU. Correct. You know, they're a consistent defensive team. This is a state that's known for offense, but Houston typically has been very good. And all of a sudden, I mean, again, and, and actually look at the standings right now. Uh, over in the West Division, they're 4-1, and one, and then SMU, Tulane are tied at 3-2. and two. And actually, so if, if they lose another game... SMU could be in the conference right. title game. Which, what? Yeah. What? After burying them. Yeah, and and just real quick, wait, let's let's d- double check. So, and yeah, left on the conference slate, SMU has to play Memphis still, uh-huh. but Memphis... They both have played Memphis. Yeah, and, and Memphis is good. They're not, they're not amazing. No, they're not amazing, but they got at UConn, at Tulsa, two very winnable games. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, could SMU push Houston out of the conference title game? They 100% could. You know, so, again, that's why, at this point, Houston has the inside track still. They only have one loss. But they can't slip up again. No, that, that, was, their, that was their game in hand. They have no safety net now. Yeah, yeah. And the number one team in the power poll, we have to put somebody number one, and therefore it is... Texas. I mean, look, they probably should have beaten West Virginia. Oh, they should have. If you're asking me who the better team on Saturday was, it was Texas. Yeah. They were the better team, um, but but we could say that about a lot of teams on this power poll. This yeah, week. <laughs> it just <laughs> you're right about that. Just you know, it's it's it, it's a it's a bad way to lose. And by the way, defense trending in a very bad way right now. That's two straight. Yeah. That's two straight games where the defense has gotten lit up. Well, and good good offenses, but yeah, still, yeah. And even more specifically, that's two games where the secondary's gotten lit up. Mm-hmm. And so, again, you know, it, your secondary can't be bad in the Big Twelve. Because you're going to get killed. And, uh, you know, it, it just seems like they're trending in the wrong direction. And all of a sudden, I mean, he's not the primary issue, but, you know, Caden Stearns is starting to look like a freshman the mm-hmm. last couple of weeks. Chris Boyd's still looking very poor. Devontae Davis went out the first drive of the game, and mm-hmm. they didn't really have... You know, Anthony Cook actually played pretty well, but, um, you know, they just don't have the depth necessarily... Experience depth, let's say, to be able to deal with that. And now you go on the road to Texas Tech, and then you play Iowa State... Those are two pretty tough games if you don't have a good secondary. Yeah. Uh, you know, one thing I will say is that for all the wringing of hands and, and for all we've talked about, um, Sam Ellinger, uh, this is a guy who's, who's taking care of the football. Right now, he is... He is 32nd in the nation. He has the same completion percentage as Mason Fine. 64.2. Yeah. Oh. Now, he's not pushing the ball down the field like Mason Fine is. No. But he's taking care of the football. 16 touchdowns to two interceptions. Um, he's taking a step forward. Yeah. Which is what you wanted to see from 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 Texas quarterback. I think Sam Ellinger's actually been pretty darn good. Oh, I I think it's been pretty great, honestly. Mm-hmm. You know, because they didn't need him to to be Mason Fine, right? No. Like they don't need him to be their offense. Uh, but it's not just a passing game. First of all, 
I think you have to talk about the fact that he hasn't turned the ball over at all since the opener. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was his Achilles heel last year. Was he, he threw seven interceptions last year. He threw one really terrible one against uh, Maryland, and then he had one that was kind of batted. And other than that, he's been perfect this year. Yeah. And I don't think that anybody really saw that happening heading no. into this year. Um, and in the running game, he's just able to help a whole lot and bring him and Keontae Ingram into the picture. Uh, it's really helped energize the running game because I think the line has been better. They haven't been great, though. But the fact that their quarterback can run, that they, he can pick up short yard situations and Keontae Ingram can kind of push him a little bit further, I, I think that they've been really good. And, I mean, again, these last couple of weeks, these last two games especially, offense really hasn't been the problem. Yep. Absolutely. So that is the college football power poll. Number 12, Rice. Number 11, UTSA. Number 10, UTEP. Number 9, Texas State. Number 8, TCU. Number 7, Baylor. Number 6, SMU. Number 5, North Texas. Number 4, Texas A&M. Number 3, Texas Tech. Number 2, Houston. And number 1, Texas. And now we go to Max Thompson for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts. A lot of final thoughts here, uh, but I wanted to start with a uh, good question. From Bill D. Ball Jr. I heard KFC gave money to a family last week who named their kid Colonel Sanders. Are there any TEP baby naming ideas that could support that college fund Tepper has been talking about? Is there something off the Whataburger menu? Any other chains? Maybe Popeyes or Little Caesar? I like like Little Caesar Tepper. I would certainly consider naming my kid Honey Barbecue Chicken Strip Sandwich Tepper. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would would give it some thought. Mm -hmm. Uh, My wife would kick me out of the house. But, sure. So I need a place to live too. Right. So if you give me a house and like a couple thousand dollars, then we can just a couple, a couple thousand, a couple hundred thousand, a couple hundred thousand. <laughs> okay. And yeah, no, I a think that's million. fair. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, that was my favorite question. I'm sorry. I'm already like, okay. I'm already confused about what everyone was. Uh, a lot of people think the uh, UAB game is danger zone for the Aggies. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think that I think people are going to look at that game from a. You know, from a casual perspective, and right. be like, oh, it's no. Texas A&M at home against like, a team from you know from CUSA UAB. I didn't they disband? Didn't I right. hear something disbanded right. their football program? Right. They're going to roll them. Yeah. This is a good UAB team. This is a danger, especially the week before LSU, yep. which you know they're going to have circled. Right. Yeah. Uh, danger. That, that's sure. a, that's exactly the QC game that you wish you did not schedule. Exactly. Uh, Samuel DeLeon makes a good point. Uh, any opinion on why Ed O is not playing as much? Do you think he's starting to uh, dial it back in anticipation of the draft? I think he's nicked up. Um, I think that they are. Why risk it any further, and, and, maybe? Yeah. And maybe why risk it a little bit? If um, you're not 100%, like, don't play. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, because, again, he's about to make millions of dollars, yeah. and you don't yeah. want to risk that just to play a game against SMU. And, and obviously, I don't think that he thought that they were going to lose to SMU. Yeah, right. I think that too. Um, and, and, and the other thing, too, I mean, even when he's playing, their defense still isn't very good. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. What a tepper was uh, Bill's suggestion. I kind of like it. What a tepper. I like it. What a tepper. Lots of people saying congrats, Shahan. Woo! Thank on you. On the engagement, we can't believe someone said yes either. Ah, oh, God! I She's no only idea. said yes once, though. To yeah. be fair, I can't believe any of us have gotten a yes from a woman. So two yes. Actually, that's not actually true. I, I follow up every couple of days. It's like you're still in, right? Still in, right? Still, yeah. Still, yeah. We're still good. Status check. As old Tepper says, every anniversary is a one-year deal with an option to renew. That's good, dude, for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com for Max Thompson and Shehan J. Raja. I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please can get your play of the year trophy. Go vote. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.